Elliot, did you see this thing that was uh, flying around social media last week where uh, you're, you're, you're remaking a movie, except uh, you make all the characters Muppets except for one person? Oh, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it's like everyone's like doing like a, let's see, The Shining, but keep Jack Nicholson or, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, Eight Men Out, but keep like, you know, John Cusack. I I think I would go with Titanic, except I would leave uh, Billy Zane as the one human. Oh, that would be great. You know, watching Billy Zane trying to, like, kill one Muppet because he's in love with another. <laughs> well, for me, though, I would, I would uh, let's see, I would say I would cast The Empire Strikes Back. Everyone's a Muppet except for Yoda. Elliot, you're supposed to keep a real person. What do you mean Yoda's not a real person? The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Serrano. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Well, maybe it's one of those other shows, like Outer Limits. Confuse the Twilight Zone with the Outer Limits? Do you even know me? Geek Counter Geek number 123. I'm Keith Conrad alongside Elliot Serrano at Keith R. Conrad at Elliot Serrano at Geek Counter Geek, Facebook.com slash Geek Counter Geek. And, uh, you know, there, there are so many good movies that you could recast with Muppets. I mean, I, I was thinking of The Matrix. Um, you know, er, everybody's a Muppet except for uh, Morpheus. And uh, me. Uh, and uh, and uh, Beaker is playing Neo, and instead of you know looking into the camera and saying "Whoa," he says "Meep." <laughs> Who would be Trinity though? Because I don't know if you could have like um, Miss Piggy play Trinity. But who, no. what's the name of the, the female singer from Doctor Teeth? Yeah, that that's what I was bit. thinking too. Yeah, um, the, the, yeah, the kind of uh, kind of hippie chick from uh, Doctor Teeth and the uh, the Electric Mayhem band. Yeah, um, that would be great. Oh, now now it's going to drive me nuts. Uh, <laughs> who, who is the? Uh, she, oh, it's she, Janice. She, Janice, that's it. Janice. Janice. Yeah. She, she can she can sit in for uh, Carrie Ann Moss and um and um just wear like a wig. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. I'd be like, how about uh, uh, the Martian? But just keep Matt Damon. Uh, that's essentially the same movie. Pretty much, know. yeah. Yeah, I, I'd still watch it. Oh yeah, but it, but it, would it be like would it be like um, Muppet sets though? Like would it be that Matt Damon's at a set of The Martian, but as imagined by Muppets, you know, or would it be like all just still the same sets, you know? Because I would love to see like Matt Damon on the Pigs in Space set while doing The Martian. Oh, I think that would work great. Yeah. That would be awesome, yeah. you know, because they, they just had that bit uh, hit the uh, the Internet this past week, too, where um, Muppets, the Muppets have had a show in the UK. And for their big final show, uh, David Tennant showed up as Doctor Who. And there was a Doctor Who Pigs in Space uh, meeting, meeting, which is pretty cool. Uh, I think I, I think that could be its own uh, series right there. Uh, well, it could be, although I think they realized that um, that whole uh, little skit had the life or the half-life of, a, of an SNL bit because <laughs> at one point, <laughs> Tennant goes, oh, my sonic screwdriver has detected a plot device. <laughs> <laughs> so they knew they could only carry it so far. Yeah, that's uh, that that's true. But I mean, I mean, heck, they they tried to make a series out of uh, the Geico Cavemen. So I mean, you can't really, uh, you know, they 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 try it if if they thought they could make it work. Uh, so uh, a, a lot of stuff happened uh, th- this week because uh, obviously uh, Comic Con was going on in uh, in San Diego. 
And, uh, you know, there was tons of movie trailers and uh, all sorts of uh, news that was broken. Uh, one of which was the Star Trek Discovery trailer, which uh, I really liked, but apparently uh, you were uh, not too much a, a fan of. I, I will say that uh, Anson Mount uh, looks great as uh, as Captain Pike, uh, I, I, but I'm not I'm not sure. You know, it'd be interesting to see how they how they do this because they're they're still filming it right now. So I theorized that like all the footage from the trailer probably has to be in the first episode or two. Um, but but you know you know it's it sort of seems like they could have some uh, some balancing act here of of actually having a good story with Captain Pike in it or seeming like they're shoehorning Captain Pike into it. Well, my fear is that they're going to do this whole well, you know, the the Discovery is going to have a yet another captain, you know, bit. I mean, after. Um the events of the last of the last season um and poor um um doug jones's character uh saru yeah saru you know finally got uh, the helm of of the discovery because you can't give it to michael burnham although i have a feeling that eventually she will be uh you know it's uh, i guess uh, yet again I mean, I'm going to reserve my judgment because this happened for the first season of Discovery, and I, I was very um, critical and doubt, doubting of things. Although, again, you know, yes, there's a new showrunner this season. It's the same guy who I blame for crapping on Transformers and, <laughs> and, and, and ruining the Star Trek movie series. So, well, no, in, in fairness, he was, uh, you know, he was, you know, part of the writing crew of the original reboot, which you liked, right? Well, I, I liked the first. I, I I thought the first one was okay because J.J. Abrams did a fairly good job with it. Did not like the second one, which was again, well, it was J.J. Abrams, but he did not do as good a job. I, I think it's the, pretty universal though with Into yeah. Darkness. And that was Kurtzman and Orky, so fine. And then the third one, they decide to let Simon Pegg do the screenplay. They bring in a whole new director and kind of finally nail the spirit of Star Trek. And, um, and, and that's when the characters, I felt like, you know, Chris Pine finally got comfortable playing and, Kirk. You know, if I remember correctly, now, now I will uh, fall on the sword here and... and uh, uh, you know, repeat my famous line that when I saw the last trailer for Star Trek Beyond, I believe my exact words were, well, if there's a story here, they've certainly hit it really well. Uh, <laughs> he did. But, they but, had a, but, but even, cycles, yeah, right, even, so. even before that, I believe you were very uh, cynical about uh, Simon Pegg writing that story. I wasn't so, so so much cynical about Simon Pegg as a director who we knew from the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, Justin which, Lynch. Uh, yeah, which again, I mean, and I will say it, I, I will be the first to admit I was wrong about it. Justin Lin did an incredible job with Star Trek Discovery. Um, you know, again, the performances, giving us a visually um, um, exciting film. I mean, that's something you need to do with Star Trek if you're talking about one of the flagships of science fiction and it's got to compete with all these other, you know, franchises that are out there. Of course, you got to bring a new kind of, you know, bring an exciting look to it. And they did a wonderful job with it. And I, again, Star Trek um, Beyond was probably the best of the three i'll say it. it was the best of the three so far and also i would agree with that money it made the least money out of the three though i i know i know it's boring when we agree but i, w I would agree that beyond yeah. was the best <laughs> the best um but again kurtzman and orky had nothing to do with it <laughs> they were done and remember a kurtzman i, I want to say it was kurtzman uh, who was supposed to be the director on Beyond, and then ended up getting no. fired from it. Actually, it's Orsi that was supposed to be the director Orsi's and got side. fired. Orsi, Orsi, was it Orsi? Okay. Yeah. Orsi was supposed to be the director. He got fired. Fine. Kurtzman now is the showrunner on Star Trek um, Discovery. Not only is he the showrunner of Star Trek Discovery, he's, uh, he's Mr. Star Trek at CBS now because he's going to do all of their new Star Trek projects, of which there are quite a few. 
Which, oh man, I don't know. I mean, okay, I mean, it's easy for me as a nerd sitting back here to go, whatever, you know, oh, how can they have that guy do it? Um, To me, the whole bit with Discovery again was that it was Brian Fuller, you know, Brian Fuller, who I have a lot of trust in as far as creating really um, compelling narratives. He did it with Hannibal. Then he started doing it with Good Omens, and then Baldwin was gone from that. <laughs> so, oh no, it was it American Gods? I'm sorry, it was American Gods he was on, and then he he was off of that. So I don't know what Brian Fuller is up to right now. I think he he teased bringing back pushing daisies, you know. Well, I think it's is, been a while since that since that was off, so that would be tough to do. Yeah. So, but anyway. Back to the the point at hand, the trailer which premiered at San Diego Comic Con. I will give um, the Paramount folks their 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 cre- credit where credit is due. That trailer premiered at Comic Con, and we're talking. Boom, it was on the internet, official. You didn't have anybody like putting out like a, a cell phone video of the trailer, right? Like you like you usually see coming out of Comic-Con. The, 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 the studios have decided, you know what, if we're gonna premiere it at Comic-Con, we're not gonna make this whole bit where it's like we're gonna hide it from the rest of the world. They'll see it at Comic-Con first and boom, the rest of the world will get to see it after. And they got all the traction, they got all the, the hits, they got all the traffic that they could get for that thing. And it just went went crazy. So, I mean, I will say, um, that was, if I learned anything from the San Diego Comic-Con coverage this past year, is again, movie studios have learned their lesson. Yes, it's great to debut things exclusively at San Diego Comic-Con, but that's you're not gonna hide it for much longer after that um, in this day and age. So you might as well release it to the world afterwards and then get people talking about it. Well, and that's what they did, and a lot of, uh uh, a lot of uh, uh, studios did that with their stuff as well. Um, you know, all the, we're we're going to talk about the uh, you know the Clone Wars uh, announcement uh, in in just a few minutes. Uh, you know, that was up online immediately. I, th- I think just about everybody. You know, they they've probably at this point learned that you're not gonna you're not going to keep it offline and really why would you i mean people are going to be if people are watching it at home that means you know they're going to be more aware of it they're going to be sharing it and more people are going to see it so it seems like that's you know that that's a good thing for for the show or or the movie so i don't know why they why they would do so much to you know to try to keep it quote unquote secret in the past but it seems like they it seems like they've embraced the fact that it's going to be out there yeah, I mean, it, it happened to me when, again, when the, when the Clone Wars announcement was made. Uh, somebody was in Hall H when they showed the trailer, and they put a cell phone video up. Oh, this is a big thing. Ah, And I remember seeing it, and I retweeted it, thinking, oh, this is really cool. I retweeted it. No sooner did I do that that the than the official StarWars.com account posted the video on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, look at this. It's the exact same thing, except I'm not seeing it through a cell phone and it looks nicer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, then I'll just tweet that, you know, retweet that. So yeah, and um, I will say, you know, I can understand how studios kind of in the beginning wanted to kind of build the buzz with, you know, a small group and then have it get out. And then you'd have people doing bits like, you know, oh, this is what the trailer looked like. And they'd be posting it on their blogs and and so on. But the technology, as you said, is already, you know, there's no way you're going to keep the genie in the bottle once you release it in one place. It's going to go everywhere. So, um um, I, I myself am quite pleased that studios have have embraced that. And Star Wars fandom in general, yeah, I, I'm gonna say this. I am kind of I'm kind of um I don't know if if taken aback is the the the, the term, but I'm kind of like clutching your pearls. Not uh, not even that. I'm like I'm kinda like I don't know. I don't know what to make of this whole embracing the prequels um, movement that's going on right now. 
you know, because Clone Wars is prequels territory. Right? It is, yeah. I mean, yeah. other other than Ahsoka, I think all the characters are actually people you, you know, all the main characters anywhere, people you met during the, uh, you know, during the prequels. I, I still think that it would be an interesting, uh, you know, sociological experiment to take one group of kids and have them watch uh, the Star Wars movies in the order they were released and another watch them in, uh, you know, chronological order and see uh, see if they both come away liking Star Wars and, you know, to what degree. <laughs> you know, here's a problem. I think the Star Wars uh, chronology is just getting too too cluttered right now. Um, it's, it's turning into like X-Men comics where there's so much stuff, so much continuity to keep track of. And or so Star Trek things. for that matter. Yeah, there, there you go. And and getting everything to fit, you know, the right way. Because to me, I mean, I, um, full disclosure, not a huge Clone Wars fan. Um, I watched it for a bit. There were some episodes that I saw that I really enjoyed. But there were other episodes I was like, yeah, okay. You know, but for any series, you're going to say that. Um, but to me, there was so much that went on in Clone Wars, which... I don't know. I just, I just had a hard time really getting invested in those characters. Because I mean, I'm not going to worry about what happens to Obi Wan because I know he's going to live until the until A New Hope. You know, fine. I and, and apparently, you know, at this point, uh, ah- Ahsoka is just indestructible. Right, Ahsoka's indestructible. We already know from Rebels that she's going to survive everything anyway. So, so fine. So to me with Clone Wars, I never really got a sense of dread or, or um, I don't know. It was just hard for me to get really invested in it because I really, I knew how the story was going to end. Now, now the other thing too, mind you, is yes, they always say, it's not the the destination, but the journey. So you want to see how, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin get to the point that they're at. But then again, for that, I have Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And if, there was, if there's anything about Clone Wars that I needed, it was really to convince me that the romance between Padme and Anakin was something, you know... I don't know, legit, and that's not just like Stockholm syndrome or, <laughs> yeah, or, or Flor- you know, Florence Nightingale syndrome, as some people have called it. I, I, I don't even that. I mean, if if you were watching, uh, you know, I guess Revenge of the Sith, you know, you get they 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 seem to like each other as people there, but uh, like they they seem like uh, two people are just sort of thrown together and and you know literally they they are in love because the script says they're in love right and and i mean i could get them falling for each other because they went through all this shit together you know and yeah but they're uh, supposed to be in love before that that's the weird thing right exactly so, uh, I mean, again, but see, I don't want to seem, you know, like I'm pooping on the fans of Clone Wars who really enjoyed the series and love Ahsoka and all those things. I think the fact that it's back um, uh, and if it makes Clone Wars fans happy, I think that's awesome. If it gives um, 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 uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, I've realized that I keep blanking on actors' names, which I should be totally ashamed of because I know so many of these actors. <laughs> James Taylor, uh, uh, the the voice actor, not the singer. Right. <laughs> James Taylor, the voice actor who does Obi-Wan Kenobi, who... Um, I actually kind of know, you know, I know him through a mutual acquaintance and he's a great guy and we've corresponded. He's even sent me like a, an autographed copy of his book, you know, being very supportive. If he's got more work, of course, I'm going to be happy for him. So I'm happy for Clone Wars fans and the folks who are on the show, even though it might not necessarily be my cup of tea. Heck, you know what? I pick it up and watch it because all oh, that. That's right. The other thing that I couldn't get past as far as Clone Wars, and I know this was totally intentional, is uh, the animation style mm-hmm. where the characters, the characters look like uh, marionettes. 
Which was it, intentional. They, they look like marionettes, and it's got sort of this Art Deco sort of feel to it. It, it is a little strange. Yeah, but again, I'll, intentional because of, um, uh, I want to say um, Lucas wanted to evoke the feel of of um, uh, Thunderbolts, uh, Gary Gary Anderson's Thunderbolts show. So that's that's the whole thing behind behind that. Uh, it, I wonder, and I haven't actually gotten looked at any info on these new episodes of Clone Wars. I wonder if it's something that was you know, that was already written, that was planned, you know, when Disney took over and sort of put the kibosh and everything, or if they've come up with new stories and it's, and it's something completely new. I'm guessing, cause I know they did release, there was a DVD, a Blu-ray that came out was, um, Clone Wars, the unseen, uh, the, the unaired episode, something like that. The thing about, and so they, there were, Dave Filoni does have an end story or had an end story in there. Um, so I would guess it's a uh, half a dozen, half a one, six of one, half dozen of the other. Cause you know, he had the end game in mind, but knowing that it's not going to keep going, he probably thought, oh, all right. Then the writer's room, they go, oh, we're bringing it back. Oh, the writer's room says, oh, we wanted to do this, but now we can do this. Cause you know, they're going to be able to probably go a little bit further than just one final season. So. Yeah, they might be able to. Now we we got uh, we got sidetracked on uh, on the Clone Wars, well, which we plan on talking about it anyway. But uh, so so back to uh, back to Star Trek. You know, we um, we don't really know how long the Klingon War lasted in uh, in the you know the first season of uh, Discovery. So you know, I, I I would imagine it wasn't very long, but. Um, uh, It'll be interesting to see sort of where uh, where this whole Captain Pike thing fits into the original, um, you know, the the original canon, because uh, you know we, I, I guess we 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 know from from various uh, other sources when Captain Kirk actually took over the Enterprise, but at some point, you know, Captain Pike was uh, you know hurt and almost killed, and they're in the original, uh, you know, they're they're in the original universe. So I'm wondering if, uh, you know, this is actually going to be the story of how Pike gets uh, gets injured, you know, when he was captain of the Enterprise, which ends up leading to Kirk being the captain. And if that's true, then you've got two straight seasons where the captain of the Discovery, uh, you know, ends up ends up getting, uh, you know, killed or hurt in some serious way so at that point the captain of the discovery is basically the drummer from spinal tap <laughs> or the jonah you know, yeah the jonah of space or or I, timmy from uh, from dinosaurs we're gonna need another timmy <laughs> or kenny from yes. south park well, uh, all good points, uh, mind you. The the thing with Pike that stuck out with me, two things stuck out with me. One, the dude was like, you know, Mr., you know, cool, laid back. It's like, where does Starfleet get all these captains that are all about, you know, yeah, we're going out, we're having fun, we're doing this whole sort, whole sort of thing. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, because Pike really seemed to me like a proto-Kirk. Well, and the, the really yeah. funny thing about that is, uh, it's a really good point, is when you look at the... Um, you know the original series, and uh, and even like the the early uh, next generation episodes. Every other captain they run into in Starfleet is a basket case. Yeah, and, and, and so and so now it's funny that now they've decided to go the other way with it. Yeah, and like and now it's like I guess you wanted to be the cool captain. You know, I I don't know. So yeah, there there was that. I'll give you that. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna fess up right now, and I know I'm going back on everything I've said about Discovery up to this point, and learning to just accept the differences between a show made in 2018 and a show made in 1963 or 64. I'm trying to remember when it was. Um, 
But the fact that Pike wasn't wearing a velour shirt. <laughs> That's what jumped out at you, huh? It jumped out at me. I mean, yeah, it was the, it was the colors. It were the right colors. Well, the thing that I don't get about the whole Star Trek uh, Discovery uh, aesthetic is they've got these weird collars with that are just like on one side. And, right. and Pike, Pike, even though he's got like the, the orange, or sorry, the, the yellow, you know, gold captain, uh, you know, uh, tunic that uh, that we're used to seeing on the enterprise he's still got the weird funky one-sided collar thing and that that's what jumped out to me you're, you're telling me that in the 25th century or whatever they don't have v-neck shirts really come on <laughs> and, and especially you know you're out in space for years at a time i mean come on just it, Give give them a you know I, I buy them walking around with the the disco shirts that they had uh, in the first season uh, you know and, and just like you know some uh, some cargo pants I, I you know that's what the navy does they're walking around in t in t shirts and and fatigues I mean come on. <laughs> So that that kind of did jump out at me. I was like, uh, okay. But then you also look at the design of the Discovery's uh, Enterprise, um, which is kind of tweaked. Um, Anovos, the the uh, prop replica makers, costume and prop replica makers, have are now selling. Uh, they've put uh, they've got orders out now. If you want to buy the Discovery, a model of the Discovery Enterprise, you can do that now. Oh, that's I cool. Love the, yeah, I would love to be. I would love to like get like uh, model kits of both the original uh, Enterprise and the. Um, the new discovery one and just like do a whole line of enterprise models because you have of course the one from the motion picture you have the one from let's see th th that one got blown up in um star trek three so then you have a new one in um and after in the in the final frontier and that one sticks around for a bit Oh wait, that's right. Then they blow it up again in generations. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, I will say this, you know, since, since you brought up like the, the difference in you know special effects and everything between you know the '60s and and now, uh, you know, at this point they haven't tried to explain any of the difference in aesthetics. It's just there, and you know, at this point, I would hope they do that because. They decided they were going to explain what happened with the Klingons, and to me that that just screwed everything up. Just okay, you didn't notice it, okay? Nobody, you know, just it, it was. We had a different budget, so that's why the Klingons look different. You don't have to explain it any more than that. You don't have to invent some some weird plot device for it. it it's okay. We get it. You know, just just it, for for the sake of uh, of you know continuity, just say you know what they had all the holograms in the original series. You just didn't see it. It just it was off camera. It was right behind the camera. <laughs> or, or, or everyone on um, on the Enterprise is kind of like your grandma who can't figure out texting yet. Yes, exactly. So, How do you turn your hologram projector on? I'll forget it. I'll just talk. <laughs> I, were, were you bothered by that at all when they tried to come up with an explanation for for the Klingons? That that that, that to me it it really to, to this day. I mean, I, I think it was in uh, well, it was in it was in. Deep Space Nine and uh, and Enterprise, where they decided to come up with an explanation for that. To this day, it bothers me. Yeah, I get you. The, the, there's there are always going to be two sides to that. You're going to have the nerds who are going to go. They didn't explain that. They're they're what we call the continuity nerds, and you have to like smooth over every rough patch in a narrative so that you can deal with it. And then you have the other nerds. My, 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 you, I used to be that kind of nerd. I, I'm going to admit it. I used to be that kind of nerd. The, the continuity now, nerd. I used to be a total continuity nerd. That's why, you know, the, the um, DC Comics has rebooted its universe so many times because so many DC Comics nerds are continuity nerds. They're like, okay, we can't tell a story about Batman having rainbow-colored costumes and it still be the gritty, dark Batman of today. So we have to, like, reboot it. You know, so people will accept it. And then you have the, you know, although Marvel has now done the same thing, too, where they essentially rebooted their own 
universe and put in parallel realities and so on. But see, here's the problem. The moment you start doing that in the, in, in the interest of, of, um, you know, fixing continuity or quote unquote, fixing continuity, then the casual fan is like, I have no idea what they're doing here. This looks really complicated. I don't even want to get involved. You know, so if Star Trek Discovery is the first Star Trek show you've ever watched, you shouldn't have to worry about all that other stuff. You shouldn't. And and the folks who create these shows should be able to say that very same thing. The, the purpose of the show is to bring new people in, to get more people watching Star Trek, to get more people watching this product and consuming it. I mean, you shouldn't be bogged down with years and years of stories that, you know, that just don't even affect you anymore. Agreed. And we also want to get more people involved with uh, headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio. Oh, yeah, because they are sponsors of Geek, Counter Geek. And if you go to tweakedaudio.com, you're going to find headphones and accessories that have key features like eight colors and styles. You're going to have mic'd and non-mic'd versions. So if you want just a set of headphones to listen to music on your MP3 player or your phone, if you want, um, if you want um, listening devices for co-op gaming, uh, it's or to answer phone calls, they have them. They're designed to sound great for music and talk. They have noise reducing design and a lifetime warranty. So if you go to tweakedaudio.com and use a discount code GCG at checkout, you will get 33% off the total price as well as free worldwide shipping. That is 33% off and free worldwide shipping. The code is not case sensitive. And naturally, after you uh, get your headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio, you'll want to listen to the great uh, podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including a Caffeinated Comics, which has you know a little bit more uh, in-depth uh, talk on uh, on some some Comic Con stuff that we didn't get to, including the fact that uh, there's going to be a Buffy reboot apparently. Although I don't think that was necessarily a Comic Con thing. I think that just happened to come out at uh, at the same time as uh, as Comic Con. And uh, there's also Minutia Men who, uh, you know, they, they've passed 100 episodes and our friends, the Dishing Bitches, some congratulations are in order. They hit 200 episodes this week, 200 episodes. I'm going to tell you, those girls do not look an episode over 150. No, I, I don't. Uh, I don't think so at all. <laughs> <laughs> and you know and if you go to the geek counter geek page if you listen to any of our podcasts please 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 um uh comment please rate us please review us um get us moving up those charts so that more people can listen to us you know pretty much grouse about costumes on star trek and and, and klingons yes pr pretty much and and try to figure out uh figure out who the next uh, captain is going to be that's going to get killed on Discovery. Oh, we all know who that's going to be. I, I think that would be actually that, that you know, if, if they could, you know, make the make the timing work on that, that would be a good bit for them to do every season. You know, oh, yeah. originally it was going to be like a self-contained, you know, like a, a totally different crew and 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 uh, and ship and, and story you know, within the Federation every season. I think in the spirit of that, they just make it a different captain every season, that, that this Discovery captain just keeps uh, keeps kicking it every year. What? Oh, there was... Um, gee, no, that wasn't the... Remember the um, Operation Petticoat, the show with the pink submarine? Didn't oh, yeah, the a show, show and a movie, yeah. And a movie, right? Didn't that show have a problem keeping? Didn't that submarine have problems keeping captains? I, I think I it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was a pink submarine, so I mean, you can submarine. you can kind of see that. I'm just waiting for Lorca to come back, and, and, and you know he is. Like, yeah, yeah, it's there. It's there. It's dangling out there. That 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 little plot thread is dangling. Uh, one person who won't be coming back, at least uh, in the Marvel Universe, is uh, James Gunn, who was fired as the director of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And, uh, you know, I, I posted this on, on Twitter, and uh, it, got, it got some um, 
it got some mixed reviews where I, I think there needs to be a, a statute of limitations on stupid crap you say on social media that if nobody's noticed it for X number of months or, or years or whatever we decide on, you just got away with it. It's it's okay. There's not going to be any any you know if if like I I realize that James Gunn uh, said some uh, some offensive things on Twitter, and I'm not in any way defending what he said. I'm saying that the stuff that he said that was really offensive was literally years ago. So why are we worried about it? You know. Here's my thing, especially with um, how things how it went down on social media. First, for those who don't, who aren't familiar, you know, James Gunn um, over the last few weeks, kind of he's he's one of those celebrities that's been very vocal about Donald Trump and calling out Trump and using his social media presence to really, you know, kind of like push back against a lot of the things that Trump says. And, and I'll tell you right now. Um, I'm convinced that you can have three, four, five million followers. You can have as many followers as Donald Trump. You can respond to him. He's not paying attention to you, okay? I'm pretty sure Donald Trump isn't paying a lick of, of uh, any attention to anyone who responds to him on Twitter. That's not saying something 100% in his support. Fine. But you have a lot of folks out there who they just don't like the idea of people questioning the president. And and Donald and um and um and um James Gunn was one of those guys. You got James Gunn and Mark Hamill, who are two folks on on social media who I've heard. Uh, add a couple others. Um, Rob Reiner is another one who's been incredibly vocal against um, Donald Trump. Uh, Ron Howard has started becoming more active on social media and has been speaking up about Donald Trump. And it just seems really interesting that you're seeing more and more celebrities getting up and, and kind of like being vocal and pushing back against uh, these crazy things that our current POTUS says, uh, you know, but you know, and James Gunn kind of, you know, kind of set himself up because he had a bit of a past uh, being that kind of guy, people who are familiar with James Gunn, who'd followed his career, knew he was one of those guys. He was essentially, I mean, let's let's be honest, he was essentially trolling, okay? He was, he, uh, much like uh, Daniel Tosh does, you mm-hmm. know? And now you look at Daniel Tosh and a lot of his humor and the stuff and even how his humor has evolved, he still makes a lot of, you know, kind of like gutter, dwell in the gutter type strokes. But Daniel Tosh isn't by any means, you know, um, a racist or a misogynist or anything like that. It's just the things that he jokes about, right? Uh, James Gunn made a lot of jokes back in, you know, years back in the early days of Twitter, you know, as many people did to kind of like get a rise out of people, to get people's attention, you know, made jokes about pedophilia. I mean, that's one of the things that really was um, um, more prevalent. And, and, but, but here's the thing. Before he even did the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, a lot of the stuff that he did online came to light. And there was a lot of it that was brought up even then, even before the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out. And I'm telling you, he got so much criticism. And he had people on both sides of the aisle, as I say, from the left and the right, saying, how could you be doing this? How could you be, how could um, Marvel be giving you a franchise when you have this pass and you've had and you've made these types of jokes and you've jo- joked about these things and and offended so many people and hurt so many people and he came out and he didn't deny it he didn't he didn't say all oh, those were just jokes he said yeah you know what this is where I was in my life this is what I was trying to do he was pretty much honest he he bore, he um, accepted the, the the blame he accepted the fact that he, a lot a lot of the things he said could have been hurtful. He even said, you know what? A lot of the stuff I said back then, I was just trying to get a rise out of folks. And I realize now it wasn't even very funny. 
and it mm-hmm. was wrong of me to do it. And I'm and I and I goes, I'm sorry for it. And I want to from this moment on be a better person. And if you look at him on social media, whether it was on his Facebook or on his Twitter, he was exactly that. You know, the kind of person that you want to be seen on social media speaking out you know uh, try to be a kind person build people up and so on and that's all he did from that point forward and then he did guardians of the galaxy one and i'm gonna tell you uh, if, if people are gonna say that oh the 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 people on the right the alt-right were the ones that were trying to bring uh, james gunn down eh, i'm sorry i saw just as many people on the left criticizing him and saying they didn't want anything to do with James Gunn. They didn't understand how James Gunn could um, direct the movie for Marvel, and they said they wouldn't go see Guardians of the Galaxy. And then Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, and it's this huge hit. And everyone's raving about what a great movie it is. And I was going, what? We're, hold on. We're all James Gunn fans now? What? I thought, I thought the internet mob didn't like him. You know, as a, a, a bit of an aside related to Joss Whedon's, uh, the, the announcement of the Buffy reboot, mm-hmm. and, and Joss Whedon's an executive producer on this now, but the, the, the point of the reboot, reboot is that it's going to be a black woman who's going to be Buffy, or at least, and there's there are going to be people of color involved in the production of the film. And like, oh yeah, this is great. Buffy's coming back. We love Buffy. Oh, we, it's a, a woman of color who's going to be involved. Oh, that's great. Oh, wait, but wait a minute. Didn't we run Joss Whedon off the off the reserve because of um, because he's a sexist and a misogynist now, and he was abusing his authority over women? And, and that wasn't even that wasn't even that long ago. I mean, that was yeah. six months ago. Exactly. So, oh wait, and I'm going. Wait, we're Joss Whedon fans again? Hold on, I don't understand this. So I'm, I say this. You know, I say this out of as someone who I am a am an admitted liberal. I am very much a liberal. Okay, I have conservative friends. I understand the conservative viewpoint. But if you ask me where I am, I am I am a left leaning person. I am a proud card carrying liberal. Keith, you've known me. You know that about me, right? Yeah, yeah, I've picked up on that. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I'm gonna tell you, and I made this joke on Twitter the other day, and I and on and on Facebook. The joke, the question is, what do you bring to a liberal barbecue? What's the answer to that question? Nothing, because we're gonna eat our own. All right. <laughs> that, that that made me laugh too, and it uh, it, uh, it 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 really makes me laugh uh, because uh, and, and you you know me, I'm kind of a, I'm a political eye roller. That's that's pretty much pretty much what I am. Uh, uh, I'm a I'm a you know if if anything I'm a, if I had to be categorized as something it would be uh, uh, you know one of those uh, dreaded libertarians that uh, all all the true believers hate so much. And uh, uh, the funny thing is, my conservative friends would say the same thing about the conservatives. Well, and, and speaking of conservatives, okay, and 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 yes, I know there's a lot of stuff going on the conservative side. Again, I have conservative friends, um, and they yes, they are saying the exact same thing. Um, there is, it's just so ridiculous if you ask me. Now, now I'm and then Guardians of the Galaxy two comes out. And, and and that one does really well. And you would think James Gunn's pass is a thing behind him. Well, it, it, it should it should be a thing that's behind him, because, as you said, they, they dealt with this when he was named the director. I mean, it's it's yes. not like this came out of nowhere. And then, you know, all you know, literally years pass. And now suddenly it's such a big deal that he has to be fired. OK, see. And yes, but here's the problem. And, and and this is where I'm, I'm going to be careful in how I word this, but I know I'm going to step in it. All right. But then the Roseanne thing happened. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. And OK, I will admit I get rankled. I, I got rankled 
when the whole thing with Roseanne Barr hit Twitter and the 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 social media pitchforks came out and it was whole the whole Roseanne Barr can't uh, she can't have the show anymore how can they and 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 she's a you know she's a Trump supporter and she's a racist and so on and so forth I'm like whoa 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 I, I, I was even saying whoa whoa because even though you know there you have the the creeps that come out and go well that's the thought police and stuff and okay this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna um I have to watch what I say. Remember when a while back I told you there are days when I understand those crazy gun-loving folks who want to have plenty of guns to protect themselves against the government? I, I do remember that, yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. See? And I was like, you know, sometimes I think they actually have a point. Because <laughs> after things like Ferguson and, <laughs> and, and other things were kind of the government agents are really coming down on you and you're like wow they probably wouldn't do that if i were armed right now right yeah so now i'm like okay those crazy guys who talk about the quote-unquote thought police on 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 social media and saying you know just saying something that isn't necessarily a crime you know why are you telling people they can't say certain things and it's a first amendment and so on and there are days i'm like going really serious seriously dude it's like that's just a stupid thing to say why would you say that but i'm going yeah maybe they do have a point you know it's like yeah jokes can be offensive jokes Yes, jokes will be hurtful from time to time. There are going to be times when you're punching down. There are going to be times when you're punching up. But in the end, they're jokes. And here's the other thing. No one makes you listen to a joke. If I find a particular comedian offensive, I don't watch their show. I don't listen to them. You know what? I don't watch Family Guy anymore. Why? Because there are a lot of times that joke, you know, the jokes about Meg and the massage, the jokes about rape, you know, I, they're bad, but uh, whatever. The joke, the, the jokes about animal cruelty is where I draw the line. I'm like, no, done. Yeah. I have never watched an episode of Family Guy after the episode where um, Peter had the uh, parrot that ended up dying horribly. And there was this long involved joke where Peter's at the vet and he, and the vet is describing this long excruciating way where this poor parrot died. You know what? At that point I was like, you know what? I don't need to look, I don't need to watch the show anymore. I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, boom. I don't have to watch that. And, and I'll bet it, and I'll bet if something, uh, you know, <clears throat> Seth MacFarlane says something that's, uh, or, you know, actually, might not even be him, but but there's a joke on the uh, on on Family Guy that's um, you know that that's everybody you know on social media just you know says is so offensive. You're probably not going to be uh, uh, calling for it to be immediately canceled because you don't watch it. And I, and I wonder how many people who were calling for Roseanne, you know, oh she can't be on there, weren't watching it anyway. Exactly. Exactly. See, and to me, it goes back to the point of what James Gunn was doing in the very beginning on social media. He was saying all this crazy stuff to what? Get attention. But, I, 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 but you know, did you have to follow James Gunn on Twitter? No. Did you have to listen to any of the, thing, the things that he that he did? No. Did you have to go see the Guardians of the Galaxy movie? If you were so offended by the brand of humor that he espoused, did you have to go see it? No. But what ultimately was the case that proved out? If you saw Guardians of the Galaxy, you didn't see a movie made by a person who was a you know who espoused pedophilia and homophobia and any of those things. It was a movie that was really made more sensitively by a person who had grown as an artist who realized that they can do things to bring kindness and, 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 and joy and, and, and love into the universe. And that's what he wanted to do. But because, well, in the past, you know, oh, he said these things. He has no right. You know, that just bothered me. It just bothers me. And, and I'm going to say it. To the, the fact that Roseanne lost her job over those stupid tweets also bothered me. It bothered me then, then, and here is where you see the backlash. 
you had everybody on the left saying Roseanne cannot have a show if she's going to say those things on Twitter. And boom, Disney said, you're right. She's gone. Now, it, the, the pendulum swings back the other way. And, and yes, there is a nuance to it. There is a difference to it. Roseanne said terrible, stupid things today that she, you know, really didn't apologize for. James Gunn said stupid, terrible things years ago that he said he has grown from and he is, of course, sorry for and he's never repeated again. But when you get into these sorts of things, when it comes to regulating speech, right, the nuance goes out the window. You know, you're saying, OK, so if I said these terrible things 10 years ago, does it mean that I have no voice to speak now? You know, yeah. uh, you know, or well, and, and if I if I'm Disney, you know, who, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, they're the ones who control this whole thing, really control the entire universe. Um, you know, I, I Half you know, as, as an Thanos snapped his fingers. Oh, that, that's right. He's gone now. But um, yeah. you can thank Disney for that. I, if. <laughs> If I'm in James Gunn's situation and I said something years ago, I would want my employer to look at the job that I did while I'm working for them, you know, with, with the people that I'm working with now and just say, hey, you know what? He's done a good job for us now. You know, if you said something five years ago on Twitter, that doesn't mean you don't have a right to have a job anymore. But but yes, but again, it's. This all the stuff was vetted. They we knew that about James Gunn after, before the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. But again, the, the the social media forced Disney's hand with Roseanne, and Dis, and Disney is all about the bottom line because it's not, again there is no nuance when you discuss these things. Disney is gonna see people on on the right go. Wait a minute, you fired Roseanne Barr from yeah. what was a very successful television show. And, and I think that there's um, I, I think there's a pretty direct correlation between, you know, uh, Roseanne getting fired, you know, a, a couple months ago. And, you know, these these, you know, I mean, really, the whole the whole thing was started by just a couple of, uh, you know, conservative, uh, you know, opinion people on Twitter who I think were literally just looking for somebody who said something bad about Trump. To, you know that that they had so that they knew there was something on that they could just go oh so you're gonna let this person uh, keep going and, and it gets to something that just drives me absolutely nuts about uh, about uh, politics especially at the outrage farm where I work um, there isn't a there there isn't a scoreboard okay you can't say oh well this this liberal was uh, you know said something stupid so so that means I can say something that that's uh, you know that, that that's stupid because the left or you know the other way around there isn't a scoreboard it's either good or or bad so now apparently you know if we're, if we're going with the scoreboard mentality now apparently we're supposed to look at what everybody said five years ago and decide whether or not they're allowed to have a job. I am so screwed. I'm never going to work on Star Wars. You know, I, uh, I, I feel like I should apologize, uh, Elliot. Uh, next week, I'll try to find something for us to talk about that you have an opinion on. <laughs> you know, I, and, and again, and Geek Counter Geek has turned into um, a point counterpoint, like political edition. But... Well, it's not really point counterpoint because you know I, I pretty much agree with you. Yeah, agree, right? Yeah. Here's a, and to me, and I, I am saying this. I'm trying to say this from a place of love. All right, I'm trying to say this from a place of love, and, and it's a place of also really frustration. You know. I love my brothers and sisters. I love my liberal brothers and sisters and my conservative brothers and sisters. Uh, I love that we have differences of opinion. I love that we go at it from different sides, right? You, if everyone always agrees on something, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, right? Consensus doesn't always mean it's the right thing. That, that's, you know, mobs have lynched people. And, and that was consensus 
right? Um, but to me, you know, with social media these days, it's just so easy for us to get caught up in the whole, oh, they said this, and oh, they're, they must be a horrible person. Um, uh, what is the, uh, uh, the great parallel right now? And we're seeing this right now on social media, this sort of thing playing out when you dig deeper. The dude who was shown on video picking up a, uh, uh, let's see, one the, at the, the Cubs game just a couple days ago. Oh, God, don't get me started on that one. On that one, right? The, someone, uh, one of the players tossed his little boy a baseball. The little boy uh, dropped it. He went into his glove, but he dropped it, and there was a guy right behind him who saw it, and he went under, and he picked it up, and he gave it to his wife. And everyone was like, oh, my God, how could this guy take a baseball from this poor little boy? Oh, he's and then even Jake Tapper of CNN <laughs> like tweeted a meme where it like really kind of like, ah, oh, was really savage. And everyone on social media turned on this dude. And on the surface, it looked pretty bad, right? But we've seen that sort of thing in the past. Adult folks, you know, a little kid grabs, you know, catches a ball and then. Uh, adult comes along and like grabs it or they there's a scrum for it and they take it away and the little kid's got nothing you know which is why whenever I go to a baseball game and a ball goes my way I don't even hold on to the thing I give it to the kid next to me because I do not want to end up in one of those videos right <laughs> but so but what happened so this guy was vilified and everyone called him you know was saying what a jerk even one meme that went um oh within that, within um, viral within five minutes of of this, you know, you know, probably not when it happened, but within five minutes of, of it basically going viral, I had a friend who's a Braves fan who was like, oh, look at, you know, typical Cubs fan. And I go, dude, you, you know, first of all, you know, before we even knew that, that this, you know, that the story was completely different. I said, yeah, yeah, because that doesn't happen literally at every other ballpark. There aren't it jerks at every other ballpark. And somebody uh, they took the clip and then they they uh, they made a, they made a meme of it. It was Trumpism in 17 seconds. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh. so. But then the Cubs then have to come out and go, hold on a second. One, that gentleman there, like the kid in front of him, had already gotten the ball before. Like they had already got the kid had already gotten the ball. In fact, that guy who was there was getting balls and like passing them out to everyone around him, including the kid in front of him. So it wasn't like this kid was denied a ball. And then add to that, you know, and then the, then the Cubs go into overdrive here saying, this is what actually happened. You only saw this part. And they were trying to spare this guy from kind of being the, the latest social media villain that everyone wanted to despise. And you're like, Wow, folks, let's hold on. Let's put the brakes on for a moment. Let's step back. And 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 before we turn somebody into, you know, America's most hated for the next day in less than 10 minutes, as you said, um, let's really before we do that, because there are consequences to this. You know, people's lives can be affected by this. Uh, can we like not get into this whole mentality where we have to call people out right away without getting all the evidence? You know, I'm getting like, and, I, and this is me kind of telling myself this too. Because <laughs> I am one of the, I, I, I have a, I know I was one of those people in the past. I had my own editor at Dynamite call me out once and go, dude, really? You're going to be one of those folks who are going to get on what? social media lynch mobs and stuff? The, 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 one, the one thing I'll say is, uh, uh, you know, first of all, the whole, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the, the actual, fake news thing not not in the trump just calls it fake news thing but you know actual fake news you know these these things you'll see linked on 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 facebook you know that say that uh, you know proof hillary clinton killed seth rich with her own hands and you know th things like that if something looks like, like so just blatantly uh uh just ridiculous that you think oh that can't be true it's probably not true it's probably not and you're dumb for repeating it dumb for retweeting it 
So uh, to me, I, I, I would say again, I say this out of a place of love. I think now we've gotten to the point where um, we can communicate with each other. We can listen to each other, not just talk. And um, unless we start doing that, we're going to start seeing more and more James Guns. We're going to see more and more people getting taken down left and right why just because as you said uh to keep tally on a score that no one's really keeping and all it's doing is making those folks who can do nothing more than troll us for attention get the attention that they want well elliot uh, no matter uh you know what uh, what strong opinions you may have uh, I'll always follow you, and um, I'll, I'll definitely be on the lookout for things you said five years ago that might get you in trouble. Well, there is that long line of uh, jokes that I was making about the men's warehouse. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gabatron.